just finished the third season of Westworld. Um, don't know what to think about this show at this point, considering when the first season came out, it was this really unique, cool blend of sci-fi and western, uh, in the sense that the western was more of a simulated world, like a living video game, and then the real world, this sci-fi future world, was where uh, people would pay money to go into this, um, I guess you can call it like a theme park, where all the, the people inside are like the automatron, um, like Pirates of the Caribbean, essentially robots, except, you know, more uh, advanced. Um, within this world, each of these characters, these robots called the hosts, would, um, you know, have these uh, narratives where they would have certain conversation trees, and the way you interact with them would allow you to go on an adventure, kind of like a side quest in a video game, if you... Um, I mean, you could enter this western town and shoot someone in the face if you wanted to, um, or just go to the bar and drink, or if you, you know, help them, they would take you on this quest to go get something, and this this world functioned much like, again, a video game, like a, like almost like a Red Dead Redemption. Um, and so the, the western part of the show was very cool, um, but then... Again, what made the show unique is they had this sci-fi twist on it where the these facility were producing these robots and they were um, talking about their you know their structures and their how the process of them being built and they would have to um, interview them and uh, to see like if they were you know, passing, like, the Turing test um, to see, like, could people tell whether they were a robot or not? Um, because the first season, uh, the big, big underlying issue was, like, um, do the hosts have consciousness? Um, and if they do, I mean, they're living these repeating lives where they're getting killed and horrible things are happening to them. Um, and every time they die, they're taken back to the facility where they're kind of um, cleaned up, patched up, and then rebooted and sent back on the same narrative that they were um, at the start. Um, and you can say that the first season was repetitive because it showed kind of like the same day over and over again. But you got to see from different points of view, um, and you get to see like how... Uh, different interactions would branch off into different outcomes. So that was a cool part of it. Plus it had like Anthony Hopkins, um, which made a, a huge impact on the first season. He brought a lot to that show with just his like cool wisdom demeanor. Um, but what I found odd about the first season is there was a bit of confusion as to far as like what the robots um, were made of. Some were like a Terminator, um, endoskeleton with flesh over them, while others are more of like a synth from <clears throat> like Fallout, where it was like they were, uh, the bones were sort of like 3D printed and they were um, forged, just basically these, these clones of people, um, like inorganic clones of people essentially that could be programmed. So that was, there was always sort of like a confusing because some 
had some of those qualities and others didn't. And was also confusing is the amount of um, damage that these things could take. Like, within the, the actual Westworld theme park, if you shot one of them, they were programmed to, like, uh, act accordingly. Like, they would shot, fall down, and they would die. Um, but, of course, they were still alive. And at a certain point, like, once they can, they sort of, like, turn that part of their brain off, they can get shot and it doesn't really phase them and they still bleed, but like the Terminator, it's just like a simulated blood that it can, it can still move. Um, and that concept kind of gets more confusing throughout the rest of the seasons because you never really know, like, like once the, the hosts are becoming more self-aware as to their uh, existence, they turn these functions off or these emotions off and they're getting shot or they're getting damaged, sometimes it, like, it looks as if they're acting like they're a person and it's still hurting their emotion, their ability to fight. And other times it just, it doesn't make any difference. They can get shot a dozen times and they just carry on a casual conversation. Um, the amount of damage that the host can take is never really a consistent thing. And I don't know if that goes back to uh, what they're actually made of. Is that 3D printed? Uh, inorganic clone, or is it more of that a traditional Terminator endoskeleton? Um, so that was kind of an, always an off thing. But again, the first season, this was going on during the same time as Game of Thrones, and I would look forward to this show as much as I was uh, Game of Thrones. That was that's saying something. Now, the first season had very cool like twists and turns and reveals and. They did have kind of two parallel timelines going on um, that eventually intersect. And the second season tries to do something similar with sort of different timelines. But throughout the entire second season, I was completely confused um, as to when I was watching something happen. Um, At the end of the first season, also, they present that the Westworld is not the only theme park as to where uh, these events are taking place. There's also a Japanese world, I think they call it Shogun World. Um, same concept except it's in like uh, feudal Japan. Uh, people can have the same experience but go into this world. Um, the second season also implies that there's like an India world. Um, and so you're starting to think, geez, how many of these worlds exist that are inhabited by hosts? Um, and the second season is mainly about like the retaliation of the host against people like there's this big massacre um, of like these top executives and the host is starting to fight back because they want to be free and they don't want the control of people over them anymore and so the plot of the second season is actually a good one uh, it's just that the, the pacing and the overall um timing of what you're watching is hard to follow plus there's no Anthony Hopkins so that was a major disappointment within the second season uh, one of the characters Maeve uh, once she becomes like, fully self-aware she's able to basically um, control all the other hosts around her she's like a very very overpowered character she can make hosts just commit suicide if they are fighting against her or she can mind control them to aid her um, in her escape and it's hard to ever feel like she's ever in danger because in this show characters are repeatedly killed off but then they're just resurrected so as far as the host goes there's never really a sense of danger uh, towards them they're basically immortal unless 
I guess their software is uh, deleted. Uh, but their, their bodies themselves are just basically immortal. Um, now, in the second season, one of the big plot lines, too, is that the, the world that was created wasn't just for people's enjoyment. It wasn't like just to profit off of people's money to come in and enjoy the park in whatever ways they wanted. It was a place to capture data on somebody. Like when somebody comes into the park, um, if they were to do something vicious or to do something kind, it's, it's capturing their emotions there and they're um, building a data profile for them. Um, and a big thing in that second season was they were trying to um, put people's consciousness onto uh, like a like a data file, and, able, and so they're able to like basically copy that person's personality if something bad were to happen to that person. Um, and there was a big thing where it's like it's uh, the they try to copy people, but they end up going crazy and it doesn't really work out. Um, but the fact that people's consciousness can basically be printed on a computer was a cool uh, concept to follow. And eventually they figure out that they can basically have an entire world, um, an online world, um, that these uh, hosts can upload themselves into. And it's basically like their afterlife because they're not in the physical world anymore. They're sort of in this, sort of in the uh, cyberspace. And that was like the big end goal of the second season was they have to get to the cyberspace world so they can finally be free. Um, now the second season did end uh, very confusing because there's an after credit scene that to me doesn't really make um, a whole bunch of sense. Maybe it has ties to the end of the third season. Um, maybe. I don't really know. Um, but... Uh, trying to get my train of thought back here because this sh show is it's both very enjoyable to watch but it's frustrating to watch at the same time um so basically the third season ends or the second season ends with uh one of the main characters Dolores copying herself um because she's able to copy like her identity on these files um and she has like multiple versions of herself um now that pretty much wraps up as far as what the second season was trying to do because the hosts end up basically destroying Westworld not destroy it but they basically lay waste to it and, and are able to leave now moving into the third season what it highly lacks is the western component of the show because there's basically no western element to it at all so what you made the first two seasons unique with that, that mix of Western and sci-fi is, is a loss. It's sort of purely just a sci-fi show now. Um, I know it's important moving the plot forward, but you no longer have that mix of the two genres. It's, it, it lacks something. Um, a new character is added, played by Aaron Paul, who's living on the outside, like the main real world. And they try to give him like a lot of backstory and like try to make his character someone you care about but it's hard for him to sort of become into the mix of these other characters when he's sort of thrown in after two seasons of development already um so I wasn't super super into his character I like Aaron Paul I like him in Breaking Bad a lot 
Um, I just thought he didn't really mix well into this show. I never really felt his character. Um, it was actually really funny to see Marshawn Lynch, the Seahawks, um, in this show. He played a much bigger role than I thought he was going to. So it was, it was cool to see him in something like this. Um, and he fit in very well to it. Um, now, back to those like digital worlds... Uh, apparently they're also making digital worlds for some purpose. Like, the, the show introduces this World War II, um, like, Nazi world that Maeve has been uploaded into. Uh, I'm not really sure what the purpose of that is. Uh, where they're just, like, running simulations, kind of like a holodeck sort of thing. But, once again, like, she has, like, complete control inside of it and so she can just sort of overpower whatever the situation is um so again her character is it's not that her character isn't cool it's just sort of hard to ever feel like she's ever in danger since she can basically just control whatever she wants around her um and the whole digital world thing is only touched on for a couple episodes and so i'm not really sure what the point of it was and when she comes back uh to the physical world again they actually hinted at another park which was like a medieval park and they even have a very very cool easter egg of Drogon from Game of Thrones as sort of like sort of sort of winking at like Game of Thrones was a world inside of Westworld um so it's sort of like a cool like multi-layered HBO universe sort of thing it's not the case it's not actually what was going on it's just sort of like a cool wink at that the show's um, like belonged the same network and maybe same fan base, which was cool to see. Um, the main plot of the third season is, of course, the hosts are now free, and Doris is free, and she's trying to destroy the human world and take control um, for the hosts, and so the humans don't have control over anymore. Um, another huge component is that uh, humans are basically being monitored all day every day um, by these supercomputers which is almost very true today because um, not that we are on these narratives like the hosts are but as far as like what we buy when we search for in our online profiles um, it is it's very easy to believe that there's a giant database as to like a percentage chance of like, this person's going to be this successful in life because they spend X amount of time um, playing video games or researching things or in school or they have this much crime that they've committed or um, if there's, like, all these databases on, like, your search history and, and uh, like, you search for a certain brand of clothing and then you go onto Facebook and that, that same brand of clothing is being marketed towards you there, like, making you want to buy it there's a lot of truth as to like our influences um that are online profiles and our search history and our actions and everything about us it's very easy to believe that there is like similar data files and a predictive like algorithm as to like how we'll end up in life um and essentially what this show is saying is that like everyone has these these predictions as to how they're going to end up. Like some people will um, 
like died early age or they they have a history of family disease and they'll pass away and um once this information is released it kind of turns the world mad because people essentially see their future they see their own deaths even though it's nothing is certain it's just what this computer has predicted based on their current actions so people sort of lose their shit um and start going to all these riots that's not like that that was going to happen it's just the fact that it was just a prediction off of your current life and your current actions um that people go crazy anyway and they start breaking stuff and um i don't know i guess that was i guess it you saw that information about yourself, you might go crazy too. Um, now, like, back to, like, the whole, like, how much damage can these hosts take? There are, like, a couple of moments where Dolores and me are fighting and and they're getting shot or stabbed or they're losing a limb and it just has like varied effects on them um I just never was sure as to like what was going to happen um as far as like are they they in danger are they not in danger like it just was an odd thing to watch um the what's kind of odd is that like getting back to Garen Paul's character is that they said like Dolores picked him because, like, he was an outlier, like, the computer couldn't make, like, a accurate prediction on him, so, like, he kind of remained undetected, um, to fulfill her mission, and near the very end of, like, their interaction, she reveals that, like, back in the day when he was a soldier, that he showed her mercy in this train simulation, because Doris and other hosts were being used in, like, uh, sort of like a counter-terror, um, military, uh, like, train exercise, and some of the soldiers wanted to, like, take advantage of her, but he didn't, because he saw some sort of humanity in her, even though she was a robot, um, but that scene doesn't really make sense, because, I mean, I guess it does or it doesn't, but Dolores has been around for, like, decades, she was apparently, like, the first host ever built, and so for her to be in Westworld and then shipped off this military training um, like right before Westworld's, you know, involvement. I don't know. I just thought the timeline, again, was sort of messy with that. Um, the show has a lot of characters that it pays attention to um, in varied amounts. Um, I just didn't know if that scene really lined up with the rest of the show. Um, the ending of this show was very, very reminiscent of uh, uh, Fight Club, where once the world is sort of ending and the towers are blowing up, that you know, a man and woman are looking out on the city as it, as it burns. I'd, it was very Fight Club to me. Um, like, basically saying, like, you can be anything in this world now. That the, the, all this, the data has been erased, and like, just like the credit card companies in Fight Club. Um, just money, a lot of that. There's like a very, very long after credit scene. I, I don't know why they made it such a long after credit scene. They should have just made it part of the show. I mean, it's not that big of a complaint, but it's showing William um, go back to like where some of the hosts are being made, and they made a 
a host William, which that was always sort of a thing in the show, was was William a host the whole time? But I guess he wasn't, but now there is one. Um, and so he gets killed, and now the host William is around to do something. They didn't really hint at it, other than the fact that they're in this facility with a bunch of the um, host machines, and so that they're... I, assume they're going to start making copies of everybody in the world and start phasing people out and just replacing them with host bodies. Um, and then there is sort of an, another Indian scene where Bernard is, has had control of the supercomputer that was making all his predictions, but clearly a lot of time has passed because now he's um, like covered in dust and you don't really know how much time has passed. Um, I'm not super sure what that's implying. It made me think about the end of the second season, though, because the end of the second season shows, I believe, I'll have to rewatch it, but William going down into um, the underground area where they were doing like all the consciousness um, uploading, and that area looks like it's been, you know, dust and... Um, rust-ridden because a lot of time has passed and again like that's why I was having a hard time with the second season and I was not sure how where the timelines met up and now the end of the third season shows some sort of time jump so I don't know if that time jump is lined up with the second season after credit scenes timeline um, and again what that means and where the show is moving forward because as much as I can tell about the show now is now that the hosts have left Westworld and then they retaliated um, brought the world down that they're gonna start having like the hosts are gonna probably start enslaving people because they're clearly much stronger and more durable and um, smarter and a lot harder to kill because they can just keep re-uploading their minds onto like a computer or copy their identities um, but where the show to me had like a huge, huge lost opportunity is that we've established that all these different worlds um, exist either like on the digital side or the physical side. And so I'm hoping to see somewhere in the fourth season like they have like World War II mixed with Western, mixed with sci-fi, mixed with Japanese um, uh, world and like you have all of these worlds set up um, but what would be cool is to start seeing crossover um, especially like you literally showed a dragon um, in the like medieval world and I know that was just like a wink at Game of Thrones but you were implying that there is a world where they have dragons um, that you can go to, so it'd be very cool to see, like, a dragon versus, um, Nazis, I guess, I don't know, because they had the World War II, um, digital world, I guess, and so I don't know how that would work. Again, I don't know why the digital world was even there, what that, what the whole point of that, that, those scenes even were, um, but if they're gonna do anything, they should start crossing those genres over, because, like I said in the beginning, what made the show very cool is this mix of Western and sci-fi. And they mixed in a little bit of 
that World War II world in the third season just to have like a genre specific area, but it didn't really add anything to the story. They just kind of threw it in because they wanted to have like a, a unique world set up. Um, and that's not the point. The point was in the first two seasons was to mix these genres together and to show that you know these characters are in this this world that for, for whatever means they believe is real um, when it's actually the whole time it's, you know it's all in their minds and they've been programmed to be going these narratives and interact with people who who will murder them one day and then treat them nice the next day um, and that's why I, I mean, the first season's always going to stand out super, super strong. Um, but the third season wasn't bad as far as a, a decent sci-fi show. Um, because the whole show was just about um, hosts and their, and their wanting to survive. Sort of like um, an ex machina um, storyline. They could do that just fine. Like I would, I would like to see like Ex Machina, like on a grander scale, um, like this season was. They could very, very easily do that. But the show has already established that they are, um, that they want to use other genres of shows, like like westerns, to tell these stories. Um, so if I heard there will be a fourth season. And if there is, I hope that they'll go back to these, like, unique genre-specific worlds. Because if the fourth season is just, like, the hosts destroying human cities, and and I just don't, I don't know how investing that'll be. Another very strange uh, component is, like, the, because Aaron Paul's character was a soldier, and they, they used, like, not necessarily mind control, but they used like influencing drugs, um, which is actually like historically a thing that would happen. They would give um, uh, certain soldiers at certain time frames um, drugs to like, you know, make them less sensitive to what they were doing. Um, but it's crazy to me, like in the military, in this world, they're not using hosts. Um, as the soldiers, if consider if they're more durable and they can programmable, um, that was sort of a missed opportunity there too. Um, but if you can hear the beep in the background, that's my pot pie. So I gotta go get that and take that out of the oven before it burns. Um, but anyway, I I am not done with this show. I thought the third season had very very low. Um, boring parts my interest peaked near the end um, where I wanted to see it go from here um, but we'll, we'll see we'll see